Okay, thank you, thank you. Maybe building a little bit on what Jerry said, I'm gonna talk about listening because of course we don't just speech, we don't just talk, we don't give a speaking. And it's maybe noteworthy that in the Eightfold Path there isn't right listening, but maybe we might think that uh, part of the reason is because the equivalent today might be like right reading, right? Because listening was how all information was shared back then. And right now, like how if we think about how much uh, resources and time in our lives is put toward learning to read, understanding, and how much uh, help there is for people who don't read or uh, don't read well, or something like this, we might think about, okay, so listening back then had the same type of idea or same type of function, I should say, as a speaking. I'm sorry, as listening. Maybe writing was about speaking, and uh, reading was about listening, right? And we see this, that uh, in Pali, what we um, often translate as the description of a learned person is... Um, uh, literally means uh, a person who has heard a lot. So part of listening is to um, be able to gain some uh, knowledge. And certainly we see this, the Buddha, in lots of passages saying, you know, listen carefully, I will speak. So he's even like saying this uh, specifically, reminding the, those who are listening to him, you know, pay attention, this is what, noteworthy what I'm going to say. And we, uh, as Kim was pointing to also, we might even uh, take note that the Buddha himself, of course, was a great listener because part of the way that he would engage with individuals who came to him with a question or a comment is that uh, a number of different ways he would engage, but all of them required that he was listening. Sometimes he uses the same language, the same key words that uh, others had used, but maybe he's um, adding a little twist in their definition or broadening the definition of them. Or maybe when somebody's asked him a question, he asks a question back. Just this is a, a way that we can indicate that he was listening. He was paying attention. Of course he was to the people who were approaching him. So listening is an integral part of the practice even if it's not part of the Eightfold Path. And we know that there's um, this, this course of practice, this uh, progress of practice, sometimes it's called the gradual training. Um, we taught, uh, the four of us taught a course on this. Uh, now I don't remember exactly when it was, but it always begins with somebody hearing the Dharma, listening to the Dharma and feeling inspired feeling some confidence, like, yes, this is something I want to do. And then that begins a whole cascade of practices where they can find freedom. So this idea that the liberating process begins just by listening, and we could say by maybe uh, hearing something, not just hearing, but engaging with something that touches our hearts, touches our minds. Maybe one more thing I'll say, kind of like tying in this idea of listening as being an integral part of practice, is that there's a real connection between mindfulness 
and listening, right? To really listen as opposed to just hear, but to listen is to give a little bit more attention and to lean in a little bit rather than just half-heartedly kind of being not quite engaged, but to be mindful, to be really present. Because of course, listening happens in the present moment. So I talked about how listening to the Dharma is, you know, an integral part of uh, a practice. And I talked about how the Buddha himself um, was a good listener, but also for us to listen to each other, what other people are saying, of course, of course, right? Not only is this a sign of a respect, but it's also a way for us to practice some of these wholesome qualities that are such a uh, support for our practice, some generosity, giving people the benefit of the doubt, some generosity of our time and energy to really show up. And this gets um, this idea of listening being really important is um, in one in one particular sutta that um, that uh, here's an excerpt from it. You can know whether or not a person has what's required by seeing how they take part in a discussion. If they lend an ear, they have what's required. If they don't lend an ear, they don't have what's required. And then it goes on to say, someone who has what's required directly knows one thing, understands one thing, gives up one thing, realizes one thing, and experiences complete freedom. So quickly as I'll say, what they know is the path of practice. What they understand is the truth of dukkha, dissatisfaction, suffering. What they give up is unwholesome qualities, and what they realize is liberation. So the Buddha is really tying in this idea of listening and awakening. So it might be that, I mean, I'm not telling us anything that we don't already know. We all know we should listen, right? Perhaps our teachers have told us when we were kids in school, our parents have told this. But so why is it that sometimes we don't listen well? Why aren't we engaged? And it might be that part of our conditioning for whatever reasons, might be that we want to be right. So we're not really listening. We're more just formulating our response in such a way that, um, you know, we can be right or we just want to get our own way. So we are, um, again, only listening half-heartedly, but more just spending time how we can have a counter argument to make sure we get what we want. Or we may want to be viewed positively. We want people to like us. Maybe we want people to think we're smart. Maybe we want people to think that we're nice and compassionate. So we're not really paying attention to what others are saying, but instead we're just trying to fulfill our, our wishes or our, um, maybe our conditions. Or maybe we just want to stay comfortable. So we're not listening. Maybe what we're hearing is a little bit uncomfortable and we're just trying to change the topic or twist it around or something like this. This is part of what it means to be a human. We're not bad people because we do this. 
But this practice is an invitation for us to notice. When are we only listening so that we can come up with an effective counter-argument and not really showing up for others, not really, you know, tuning into what they're saying with a generosity of spirit? Doesn't mean we have to agree with everybody. It doesn't mean that we don't have to defend ourselves, all these types of things, but to show up in a way that um, brings freedom to ourselves and maybe even helps the other person find some more freedom. The freedom that maybe can is, uh, arises when you feel like you've been hurt, when you feel like, oh yeah, somebody has, uh, is here present with me. Maybe they don't completely understand, but they are here. Then there might be something that relaxes in the one that's speaking. Maybe they can find some greater wisdom or some new understanding. And then maybe I will say one last thing here. I've been talking about listening and listening is part of the practice, listening to others, but also so much of this practice is listening to ourselves. Noticing the impact of what we're, what is being said, what we're hearing, listening like, oh, ouch, or like, oh, like with some warm hearts, oh, or some compassion may come forth. But can we be aware of that and still keep our focus on what's being said? So not get lost in the stories, but not be dismissive of our own experiences too. As well as notice any unconscious bias we might have. Just to notice, are we interpreting everything through one particular filter? Is everything, are we not listening to what they're saying because we didn't like the tone of their hair or tone of their hair, <laughs> tone of their speak, color of their hair, you know, something like this. But are we not, or is there a way in which we just have put a filter on everything that we're hearing? And then can we have compassion for ourselves if we discover that we do have bias or if we are feeling um, not completely present? Is there a way that we can continue to show up with some openness and some warmth? And this is a practice. This is a practice, right? It doesn't mean that uh, just because you've heard it once means, you know, forevermore you're going to be able to do this, of course. But the better we understand what's going on within ourselves, then the better we can understand the obstructions and better that we can listen to others and have an integral part of our practice. So with that, I'll turn it over to Ying. And thank you, Diana. Um, and thank you for all the questions. So we are going to then ride the wave of Diana's uh, talk on listening to practice a little bit of a mindful listening. And so we will be meditating uh, for a short while. And so if you want to just use a few moments to uh, shift your body into a, uh, uh, it's not a long sitting, just um, a short 10, 15 minutes of uh, meditative practice. And we'll engage in this listening practice uh, in a formal way.
Yeah, just take a few moments to settle uh, into a sitting posture that may be supportive for sitting in some stillness for a short while. If you'd like to gently close your eyes, feel free to do so. The body needs a little bit, bit of movements before you settle down. Just be generous for the movements. Once you take a seat, inviting a sense of arriving, arriving here. And now, again, offer some generosity for this arriving process to unfold. Remain still lingering thoughts. And that's okay. And the body may feel energetic in some way. And that's okay. Just notice. Body and mind or heart are arriving here and now. Feeling the contact of the body with the floor or the chairs. Resting down. Allow mindfulness to become the forefront of your experience. Maybe you're aware of the body, the sensations in the body. Maybe you're aware of the sound, the sound of my voice. The ambient sound. Maybe there is a little more grounding 
that's felt right now as you settle in. No rush. Gently open your awareness to receive the embodied experiences. Awareness can be open to receive sound and silence in between the sound. Maybe there is the listening of the sound through our ears. One of the sense faculties. Maybe there is a sense of listening through our bodies. Vibrations of the sound coursing through the body. The silence and quiet in the body as the sound fades away. Also listen to the inner voices. Maybe there are the thoughts. Maybe emotions. Listening to this inner voices and dynamics through an embodied place. Maybe feeling into the tones of the inner voice.
We are already practicing internal and external mindfulness. Noticing any inner dialogues. Receiving them through the body. As you hit the cells of the body, lose how to communicate with the inner voices. Bodies tensed up. The body feels relaxed at ease. There is a story of a reporter uh, interviewing Mother Teresa. And he asks Mother Teresa, I'm told that you're praying every day to God. What do you say to God? And Mother Teresa replied, I listen. I listen to God. And the reporter asked, what does the God say to you? And Mother Teresa said, the God listens. And the reporter wasn't very satisfied and pressed on. Mother Teresa, what the God listens to? And Mother Teresa said, if you don't understand it, I can't explain it.
So trust your listening. So um, we are moving to yet another mode of um, conversing and exchanging. And so we um, will open up for additional questions that you may have um, or comments, something you want to share with the group. And so... Uh, again, use your Zoom hand uh, if possible. Okay, uh, Stanley. Hi, thank you. Um, I just thought of something. Um, someone told me once about when someone shares a story with you or speaks to you that that's a gift. Uh, so that's what's come to mind. I just wanted to share that. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, there are always some perspectives that are supportive of us opening up and engaging in wholesome and wise ways and, and seeing it as a gift. You know, we should kind of shift our inner dynamics with this. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Maybe I'll just add that um, I also heard this that um, had a big impact on me, this idea that... Uh, completely independent of whether or not it's articulated well or said in your preferred way, everybody's trying to communicate something. And so to show up for others and in that kind of way. And so, you know, getting uh, past the ideas of whether it's the best way that they could be doing it, but just trying to feel into understand what, what, what are they trying to convey here? Maybe it's that same thing, Stanley. It's it's a gift in some way, yeah. Casey. Yeah, good morning, everyone. Um, Yeah, I just so appreciating this um, time and teachings. Um, What just came up for me with regards to listening was I'm wondering if there's a time where um, you should restrict listening in terms of if someone's being verbally and emotionally abusive 
or hostile or um, or also like another case where if you're trying to listen to your inner voice, that people are telling you what you should do <laughs> and projecting either their fears, or their opinions. So thank you. There's so much to respond to this. And I want to take a pause and just invite my co-teachers to see if there's anyone who wanted to respond to Casey's, Casey's question. Maybe I'll, I'll just uh, say briefly, thank you, Casey, for bringing this up. Of course, we do not want to allow ourselves to be the subject of verbal abuse or some way in which somebody is speaking to us or communicating with us in a way that's harmful. That's uh, not at all what we want to do. Part of the, maybe the art of communication is knowing when is it best to say, you know, um, I don't allow people to speak to me that way. I'm going to go in the other room right now. There might be times in which that's occasion, uh, appropriate or, or to say this pause, you know, I can't hear you anymore because um, I'm uh, no longer present. I'm feeling activated or something. So I think uh, it's best for us to stop right now or there's different ways in which this might come up. But thank you, Casey, for bringing this up. By all means, we don't mean to suggest that just to listen to everything all the time. No. And maybe Ying and Kim, do you have something you'd like to add? Yeah, I'll just say that um, what Diana uh, said also reminded me um, to the second part of your question in terms of when others have a lot of strong opinions and you should do this, you should do that. In the later part of our course, uh, we will also be teaching about how we begin to discern uh, what's wise, what's useful. And so cultivating uh, some levels of a discernment uh, um, allow us to begin to uh, be able to differentiate what's really beneficial, what's needed in this being, in this dynamic uh, can be uh, very helpful. And uh, this aspect of cultivating uh, external, uh, internal awareness and external awareness uh, to feel into if and the uh, conversation comes from a strong sense of uh, imposing something upon us versus out of care and compassion and can be supportive. If the Kim has anything to add. Yeah, I think this fits right in with our um, uh, the understanding that we are included in the field of our um, mindfulness. So sometimes we're we believe mindfulness is either something that we just do internally um, or it's something where we need to give all of our attention to another person. But there's more of this ecosystem idea where what's um, we need to be present for what's beneficial or harmful for myself, the other, and both. And so if we're listening to something that is um, afflictive to us, then that doesn't work in the ecosystem. So something needs to be, some action needs to be taken along the lines that Diana suggested. So um, just always making sure that we include ourselves as part of the big picture. So Heidi, maybe that's the last question. Um, it's not really a question. It's kind of a, maybe it's a question of our comment, but there's also 
which part of ourselves is listening, right? So sometimes it, we can feel like it's hurt, hurtful speech, but it really isn't because it's the part of us that we're bringing to the table that's listening. Um, and to, the, to go back to that mindfulness of like, who's listening to this? Um, Thank you. Thank you for uh, mentioning that. That's right. And being able to observe which part um, can have a tremendous power uh, as we engage. So I'm going to give it to Diana for um, her to help us wrap up for today. Great, thank you. And I just saw this chat quickly. Sometimes I can see the chat, sometimes I can't just to let people know this. But uh, depends whether my Zoom screen is wide or narrow, whether I'm looking at notes or not. So just a heads up about that, that I can't always see the chats. I think that's true for all of us. So I try to, but not always. But I did see this one from Eileen. Can Diana share that uh, Sutta reference? Fantastic. Guess what you're going to get in an email uh, after this uh, class. So um, uh, we have just a few uh, sutta quotes that um, we'll share with you for this um, this teaching and kind of like tying this into the uh, suttas. And we're going to refrain from giving the usual uh, sutta quotes. Many of you are familiar with uh, right speech from the Eightfold Path, and if you aren't now and you're in the Eightfold Path program, you soon will be. But um, we'll, um, throughout this course, we'll be kind of expanding and looking at uh, speech from a number of different angles and a different emphases. And of course, these are being recorded as well. So you'll uh, receive an email with some, um, uh, some sutta quotes from today. So, and then um, as well as a link to the recordings. And we'll see you on Tuesday morning. And is there anything that my co-teachers would like to add before we end our time together? No, Kim says no. And Ying says no too. Okay, okay. So what a pleasure it has been to uh, practice together. It It really is, that kind of fills my heart up that what a beautiful thing. Can you imagine like what this world would be like if so many people got together to talk about, okay, how can we communicate well this is how the world changes is by people being thoughtful about communicating well so thank you thank you for showing up and thank you for engaging in whatever way that you did thank you so if you'd like we can unmute and say goodbye in an unruly way and <laughs> so goodbye and thank you Bye. Thanks. Bye. 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 Thank you. Bye. Bye, Christina. Bye. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you. Bye all. Bye. Bye.